0: You are listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I've got a listener question that I want to answer, and it is from Robert R. Shout out to the alliterative names, especially the ones with R's. Um, And he says, I was wondering if you could explain on a future podcast, what's the best way to perform a one rep max? Also explain how to use the assessment information when working with NASM acute variables in resistance. Lastly, would you perform a one rep max test for every exercise, or do you use your bench squat one rep max on, let's say something like a bicep curl? Um, And then he says, I've been clinging to every piece of resource that will help me maximize my knowledge. I love this, lifelong learner, really trying to get after it. He says your podcast has been uh, one of the options at the top of my list. Thank you for doing the podcast and making all the material you teach so clear to understand. It's helped me in my preparation for my CPT exam coming soon. All right, so first off, um, with your upcoming Uh, exam. Robert, good luck, man. Good luck. And I'm glad you found the podcast helpful in your studies. So I'm going to start with this. When I was in high school or college, and I don't remember which one it was because I grew up in a small town and I went to high school and college in the same town. So um, whichever one it was, I got access to a gym and that gym was associated with a hospital. And I was there and there was an exercise physiologist who did what many personal trainers do when you join a gym they invite you in and they do assessments uh pitch you on training but the exercise physiologist the trainer something uh he brought me in we did a one rep max for bench press and leg press i believe there was some grip strength uh flexibility test more i'm sure but when i was asked um what, about the test or when i asked about the test he said it was to bench press, to bench press, to benchmark progress. And, and I started thinking about that, like benchmarking progress. Do we need one rep maxes to do that? Because there are numerous colleges and universities out there that, that use this in their exercise science programs and their phys programs and their exercise phys programs. They promote the use of a one rep max for new and novice clients. There are a lot of certifications out there they promote one rep max assessments for new and novice clients and it makes sense if you base everything off the one rep max unless you step back and you just think about it for a minute what are we doing this assessment for and with whom are you doing this assessment so with that being said I will straight out say that NASM does not promote the use of one rep max assessments for new and novice clients Uh, I think a better idea, maybe a better suggestion, would be performing a 10-rep max assessment. And you can use whatever benchmark you want to use. So it doesn't really matter if you want to do a 15-rep max uh, assessment. You can do that. Here's the great thing. When you do 10 reps and you can't lift it, you can't get 10 reps, at least you know what your 8 or your 9-rep max is. But if you do a 1-rep max test and you can't perform the lift, Here's what you do, you you do your, your let's say, bench press, and then you add more weight, you do your bench press again, you add more weight, and you do it again, you add more weight, and then you do it again and you can't lift it, and then you go, oh, okay, I guess the answer was the one before that. And I'm not sure about that for a couple of reasons. I'm not, not sure that that is the best means of identifying what our benchmark is. Um, and secondly, especially with new and novice clients, depending on who that client is, putting a 100% effort into a single lift can be wildly intimidating. So, um, and, and the other thing is, if you do a one rep max test, the chances are you never used that because you're later going to go and start an exercise program where you're doing far more than a single you know, one rep max test, you're doing 10 reps or 12 reps, 15 reps, 20 reps. So we do the one rep max as a test to benchmark our progress on things that, on a lift that we don't even do again, except to benchmark. Wouldn't it make more sense to have the 10 rep max test, which is the way you're going to be working out anyway, to be the benchmark uh, that shows your progress? So you know if you've ever done a one rep max test, you've been tested for one RM. We're gonna do some warm up sets, and we're gonna push you to your limit. And a lot of people maybe just don't respond to that. And I think and we have to be aware of that. Also, you gotta begin a progressive workout program where you logically work your weight from a lighter weight to a higher uh, weight and higher repetitions to heavier weights and max strength lifts which you may never do with any of your clients, depending on their goals, right? So your clients may never move towards those heavier weights and those max strength lifts. So doing a one rep max test doesn't necessarily make sense for them. It doesn't fall in line maybe with a progressive exercise program. So let me ask a question. Why would you do a one rep max test with a new or novice client? Uh, and maybe you say it's because we know the intensity to have them train at. Because even the OPT model says, here's your one rep max percentage. This is 50 to 70% of your one rep max. You need to know your one rep max before you can know 50 to 70% of it. Well, a couple of things. One is NASM has a conversion chart on their website. So if you go to nasm.org and you scroll to the very bottom of the page, you're going to see a section that says trainer resources. Click on that or go to it, you'll see Downloads. Click on Downloads. Then you're gonna see a conversion chart. And then you go to the one RM conversion chart, it's the only thing under the heading Conversion Chart, so you click on it. And on the left-hand side, that's where it shows the weight that you have, let's say on the bar, right? So you have the left-hand side, it shows the weight on the bar, and the top line, uh, those numbers show the number of reps performed with that weight. Where they meet, Where those things come together, that is your estimated one rep max. So for instance, let's say you have 100 pounds on the bar and you do 10 repetitions, then this conversion chart shows your estimated one rep max to be 133 pounds. If you did it for five reps, then your estimated one rep max is 114. Let's say you do 250 pounds. 10 repetitions, your estimated 1RM is 333 pounds. If you do it for um, five repetitions, it's 286 pounds. So anyway, there's a conversion chart that's there, and it shows you many, many different versions of conversions. And I think the weight goes all the way up to 1,000 pounds. But I will say this, if you're lifting 1,000 pounds for repetitions, you probably know what your 1RM is. So I would not, I would not worry about going all the way up to a thousand pounds. If you're lifting at that level, you know what your one RM is. But with our new and novice clients, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. It does not make sense to have our new clients um, going for a single 100 intensity lift when we just meet them. We just start working with them. We don't need that kind of benchmark. So. Here's another thing that you can do. We've got, uh, let's just look at the OPT model and we can estimate your intensity from there. So under the muscular endurance and stabilization, it shows that you do one to three sets, 12 to 20 repetitions, and then it says 50 to 70% of your 1RM. All right. Well, how do I know what 50 to 70% of 1RM is for muscular endurance? Well, it's written into the equation. 12 to 20 reps is 50 to 70% of your 1RM. So if you look at these two numbers, at the end ranges of repetition, right? So the 12 and the 20, 12 is gonna be the most intense. So that will correlate to the most intense percentage that it just showed. So 12 repetitions is associated with the 70% 1RM. Um, Here's what you can also do. You can get the difference between 70 and 100%, and that's 30%, and then you can multiply it by 1.3. So that's one 100% plus another 30%. So you multiply it by 1.3. So let's say you're doing a lift. And you want to do the math on this. So you do 135 pounds, you multiply it by 1.3, that's 175.5 pounds. That's your conversion. That's your conversion to your estimated max lift. So it's kind of written into the OPT model. You can do it again and you can go to um, max strength, right? So max strength, four to six repetitions. Uh, I'm sorry, four to six sets, one to five repetitions. And that's 85 to 100 percent of your one rep max well clearly the one repetition is your one rep max the five repetitions is 85 percent of your intensity so you know if you're doing five reps that's 85 percent intensity Um, and you can do the math on that if you wanted to as well Um, and it's it's relatively simple but you don't even have to do the math it's you can guesstimate everything based on these estimations and you know really it's it's when you get to the power phase where you're doing much much lighter weight and you may want to know what that 30 to 45% is of your 1RM but by the time you get to the power phase if you're training at those intensities it's more likely that you've built your way up even through max strength so that you are now able your body is more comfortable your your joints are more capable of doing heavier lifts your soft tissue is more capable of doing heavier lifts your nervous system more capable you are more capable you are more trained and we look at this as a progressive program and it doesn't make sense to move somebody as a beginner assessment into the heaviest lift that they can do for multiple body parts and then Have them go all the way back and focus on stabilization and endurance. And then they start to build strength and they start to build strength. They build their base until they can eventually get to max lifts. So I'm in favor of maybe a 10 rep max test. I like the 10 rep max. That way if you fail, you still have calculations for a 9 rep max. With a 1 rep max test, if you fail, you or your client may be wearing the barbell. So here are my suggestions for 10 rep max. This is how I would program that out. So look at this. I've got 10 repetitions of a light warm-up. So just just a lightweight, maybe just the bar, and rest for 60 seconds. You got 1 minute rest, do another 10 repetitions, a moderate warm-up. So add a little bit of weight, whatever that you feel comfortable doing, and then rest for 2 minutes, and then 10 reps, make it a little more challenging. Don't max out on it, but you're getting close. And then you're going to rest 3 to 5 minutes then you can max out with your 10 rep max if you want to test it again rest at least five minutes and test that again you want to keep going rest five minutes test it again And we know that's the that kind of phase that you're in right there when you're you're pushing yourself and you're maxing yourself out um we can look at a three to five minute rest range in order to get that creatine phosphate to to come back into our system and build back our atp cp stores So give yourself the five minutes, especially if you're maxing out on that. Now, the question that Robert asked also did mention how would you do a one rep max? So I don't wanna look at this and say that doing one rep max testing is wrong. It is not wrong. Just don't use it for a newer novice client. But you can do it as you build up to it test yourself test what your prs are i think i think it's a great opportunity to really push yourself on a on a single maximal effort it's not wrong i just don't suggest it for newer novice uh, clients especially in the assessment so for one rep max here's a decent program that you could look at doing i suggest going let's say eight repetitions at 50 percent of your estimated one rep max and then rest for two minutes, drop it down to six repetitions, but go 60%. And we're going to do this. We're going to drop down eight reps to six reps to four reps to one rep. And that eight reps is going to be at 50%, six reps at 60%, four reps at 70%. And then you're going to do the one rep at 80%. Rest for three minutes instead of two minutes. Then you're going to do another rep at 90%, rest for five minutes, and now really focus on getting that extra rest so you can do your one rep max. So eight reps at 50, six reps at 60%, four reps at 70%, one rep at 80%, one rep at 90%, rest for five minutes, do your one rep max, and then take a break, rest for five plus minutes, test it again. Lift it again. Add a few weights on there if you got a good lift on it. Uh, It was clean. Your body was in um, good posture. Your lift was in good form. Tack on a little bit of extra weight. Try it again. There's another thing, too, when you look at doing heavy lifts. One of the most important things that we don't talk enough about is spotting technique and dropping technique. And I think it's very important if you're going to learn any technique that you learn... um, If you are a spotter, you learn how best to spot, and we may do another episode on that particular topic, but also when you're lifting, right? So I see people spotting squats sometimes, and when people are doing their 1RM, you just don't spot the squat. Like, you teach them how to drop the squat. You teach them how to drop the bar and get out of the way. Uh, If you're doing a deadlift, you just drop the bar and get out of the way. And the, the good thing is most places you're going to be doing this lifting, if you have a lifting platform, you don't have to worry about anything, it's fantastic, um, except making sure you're comfortable and getting out of the, the way if you're not going to make that squat happen. Um, and then things like um, uh, using, using um, barriers that if you start to lower down into a squat you can't get back up then you've got those arms there that that are going to bracket you and they're going to grab that bar and you can just get out from underneath it Uh, the same thing in a bench press a bench press you need to have a spotter or you do need to have those um those arms there that can support you that you can come down and it can land on that bar and not land on you so just be a be aware of that. Again, I'm not opposed to you finding your actual 1RM. It's a part of a progressive exercise program. I think you should or can do it if that's something that you want to do. Otherwise, estimations for the 1RM, from for the rep range that you're working at, is more appropriate. I think it's more sensible. Right. And there's another question. Another question was, would you do a 1 rep max test on all exercises or just squats and presses? What about bicep curls? Uh, your workouts are your test, right? So you don't need to do a one rep max. You have a 10 rep max or a 12 or a 15, etc. cetera, rep max every time you work out. So don't feel like you need to get a one rep max. Can you do a one rep max for a bicep curl or a rope cable tricep extension? Y- yeah, yeah, you can, you can. Usually, it's just the major lifts that, that we see people really tracking those those PRs and those heavy lifts. But you can track a PR for any single lift you want to do. So if you want to track those, great. But otherwise, um, you know you you don't necessarily want your uh, you don't necessarily need a PR for every lift that you do. In fact, you don't need to challenge your clients to max out on fifteen reps either. Uh, I I think you can. I I think it is a nice addition to push every client that feels comfortable being pushed that way to max out on their reps. So for instance, if you say, hey, we're doing 10 reps today, then not every set necessarily needs to be your absolute 10 rep max, but every set at 10 reps needs to push you. And I would like for at least one of those, again, depending on your client, to max out your client. So meaning you can do 10, but probably not 11. You can do 15 reps if it's a 15-rep day. But your client, if your client can do 20 reps with that weight, well, that's not the goal. Challenge a max out on your reps at least once on those lifting days if it's suitable for your client. If they're the type of client that's willing to be pushed to their max, you don't have to make their max one rep. Again, progressive workout routine, build them, make sure that program builds them to those heavier lifts. And if your client only gets 13 reps or 14 reps on a 15 rep max, it's fine, it's good. And I tell my clients, this is the thing that we're trying to do here in in fitness in many instances, is if we push you to failure, you have succeeded. <laughs> and and I don't mean that for every single client, but there are clients that need to understand that need to have that push that when you fail at something it doesn't mean that you failed. In the gym in many instances, it means that you've really succeeded in pushing yourself to the next level, to building yourself, to look at something that you've done as a failure. And that means like, like we, we pushed ourselves until we couldn't do another lift or until I couldn't get another repetition. And that could be high intensity interval training, that could be, you know our, our repetition maxes. It could be a lot of different things. But that failure is the success of the exercise. If I can get you to push yourself to failure, then that's great. Now, and again, you don't have to push yourself to failure to be successful but i do like to challenge my clients at least one set of something that we do within a workout and and some some clients many more than one set but push yourself just until you can't do any more and for some clients it works great and they really like pushing themselves like that and for some clients one is fine <laughs> right like pushing themselves that hard once is absolutely fine but we push ourselves, and we like to draw that out in our clients. It's not wrong to not push somebody to failure, but if you can get somebody there, then then see if you can make that happen. See if you can coach that out of them. And if not, don't worry. There's still many ways to help reach our help our clients reach their goals. Um, so when it comes to one rep max. I don't do it for assessments, especially would never use it for a newer novice client. Rationale being it is a progressive exercise program. So why would I do one rep max and then turn around and have you do a stabilization endurance program and build up my base by testing you on something we're not even going to be training in until much later in the program. Anyway, uh, Robert, thank you so much for the question. I appreciate it. If y'all have questions, please reach out. You can do so on Instagram where I'm most active, Ritchie, Or you can email me at rick.richey, R-I-C-H-E-Y, at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.